Welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. I'm Val. <laughs> Tracy, we've got some good news for you and some bad news for you this week. Give me the bad news first. We're, we'll start with the good news. You're throwing me off the rhythm here. You don't have a say. This, this week we are talking about a shark film. Yes! Bad news is it is not Sharknado. Oh, boo. But that's good news for the rest of us. <laughs> so, no, I love this film. Yeah. This is one of my top ten. We yes. are, of course, talking about Jaws as uh, we wrap up Spielberg uh, Month here on Movies That Make Us. And I, this is a, such an amazing film. And I think there's so film. much to talk about. Um, and I know it. what people are probably thinking is like, why did you pick these four films to talk about with Spielberg? And we had very specific reasons. And if there was a Spielberg movie that we didn't talk about that you love, it doesn't mean that sometime in the near future or right. far past or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we will yeah. not talk about these films. But these four specifically and Jaws specifically, because a lot of people do not know that if it wasn't for Jaws, we would not have summer blockbuster movies. 100%. Right. It was the first Summer blockbuster. Yep. And totally on accident. Yeah. They were screwing things up oh, left and right my on gosh. this film. The, the it production was mess to, that happened behind the scenes. Yeah, it was supposed to be, Whew. was it originally supposed to be a Christmas movie? Mm-hmm. And then they had to push it to summer. That's how far off they were. The mm-hmm. budget was out of control. And then they let it, um, they released it finally in um, July. And it just... I, right when everybody's well, getting in the water. Right. <laughs> right. Perfect time to actually release it. Yeah. And and people loved it. And it was, it made a ton of money. It was a huge hit. And then other film studios were like, hey, maybe we should release movies in the summertime. Yep. And, well, and, and this movie was saved by the genius of John Williams. Without that score, without that music, there is no way this film works. So I had a friend actually when I mentioned that we were going to be talking about Jaws mm-hmm. or I mentioned I was watching it for podcast homework, which is my favorite kind of homework ever, <laughs> like ever. Um, he asked, he said he had heard a story where John Williams kind of presented the theme to Steven Spielberg and he didn't really like it very much. And they ended up going with it anyway. And no, actually, but no. I don't know. He said, I don't know how true that is. So, yeah. So, so what happened was, is they're in the editing room and Spielberg had, um, a great editor and and her name escapes me. I'm, I'll have to look it up here in a second because we need to give her credit, but she worked on this film with him. And what they did is they edited it at the same time. And the film was a production disaster. Um, the, the shark never worked. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had issue after issue. Like Val said, they were over budget. They were having all these problems. And so what they would do is he would edit with his editor and they would both, this is on a big flatbed editor those old school mm-hmm. uh, giant things and they would stop and if they stopped on the same frame then they knew that they were correct and if they were off a frame or two and that's how in sync they were with each other as they were within a frame or two of each other but anyway he said i kept making the film and and spielberg called the shark a big giant white turd <laughs> that was his phrase for it mm-hmm. and he's like this is not going to scare anybody And John Williams came in and said, I've kind of got an idea. I want to play it for you and just played those notes on the piano. And Spielberg was like, oh, my God, I think you've saved my movie. I think you've saved my career was how he was how he put it. Yeah, Um, because that music just works so well for it. Because if you if you took out the John Williams score and you looked at just the visuals for the shark, Mm -hmm. Spielberg's right. It is a big white 
turd. turd. It, like it is not a scary. Yeah, go zoom in on that mouth while yeah. he's chomping down. Like it looks exactly like the toy that they gave you of Jaws when mm-hmm. you took. And I'm going to bring this up again. Your little reading card yes. over to Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. and they gave you that Jaws, and the mouth would never close all the way there. Right. Go either to the left or to the right, and it had all this extra plastic. That's what Jaws looked like. Yet we were all terrified. Oh my god! And gosh. it was because of the no 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 no. So there's a scene in the movie, and it's probably my favorite scene, is when they're all out to sea, and we've got Brody, and we've got the, you know, we, we're all out there on the boat, and they're talking about their tattoos, mm-hmm. and their or their injuries, excuse me, they're talking about their injuries. Right, they're showing all and, the scars. I got this wound, and I got this wound, and, and the music is very light, and in fact, there's not, uh, in that part, the music is very light. And then we get into the story of the sinking of the Indianapolis, which is a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys were delivering the bomb um, that would be used on Hiroshima. They got lost because nobody knew that they were supposed to be there. The boat sunk. They were lost at sea. Nobody knew they were out there. And you're so engrossed in this story. And then he cuts to a wide shot of just the boat on the ocean and there's nothing else in there. And then all of a sudden one of those barrels pops up. Right. And that music starts and you're just like, you forgot that there was a killer shark out there mm-hmm. until that moment. And that music starts again. And you're like, oh, it's about to go down. Right. You know, and I mean, that pretty much solidified like every suspense movie after that. I mean, Hitchcock was great right. with suspense mm-hmm. music. I mean, he didn't even have to have anybody saying anything and you were peeing your pants because you knew with some music that something Something's was coming. coming. Yeah. But I don't know that any other filmmaker before Jaws and after Hitchcock had utilized music in this way to make you feel like you knew, to give you so much anxiety that you knew something was coming. Mm-hmm. And now, like almost every movie, utilized music this way yeah well and it's interesting too because a lot of people talk about how the movie's so scary because you don't really see the shark until the end the shark was supposed to be seen all the time right they had this mechanical shark and they tested it in um the warm waters of the pacific and it worked fine they took it off to martha's vineyard and in the cold atlantic ocean it didn't like, work uh-uh. and mm-hmm. so every day they would show up so they actually shot the film they shot all the land scenes first because they were trying to get the shark to work. And then uh, the actors would show up. They nicknamed it Bruce, which is why in Finding Nemo, we have Bruce <laughs> nice. the shark. Nice. They nicknamed it Bruce because that was the name of Spielberg's attorney slash uh, manager. And so he said he named him Bruce because it never works. And when it does, it costs me a lot of <laughs> aggravation and money. And so that's why he named him Bruce. Nice. So the actors would show up on the, on the scene. You would have Richard Dreyfuss show up and you'd be like, is Bruce on set today? And they're like, nope, Bruce is not on set. And he's like, Okay, I guess we're shooting something else because they would prep to do these shark scenes right? and then they would have to do something else. And so the barrels become a, a substitute for the shark. We see the barrels a lot, mm-hmm. but we don't see the shark in there. And that makes it even scarier, but it was not intentional by any means. Yeah. And I and I love that you don't. So this is what makes Spielberg so amazing. You get a curveball like that, but he still finds a way to deliver right. mm-hmm. a great story mm-hmm. and probably even better than what we would have gotten if everything had worked smoothly. Right. I mean, you don't know it's all speculation, but right, right. but like when you watch it, not seeing the shark primarily until the end mm-hmm. builds up so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. So my wife had never seen this movie at all. And we watched it last night because oh. it's a good movie to watch when you're going to bed. Um, <laughs> 
right before a cruise, whichever. But yeah, you know, we're not going to the pool anytime soon, so we're fine. <laughs> but like when you see all the legs dangling in the water and oh, the music yeah. goes or when when Brody's underwater going to the boat that had been attacked by Jaws, um, like all of those scenes are so intense and you're just anticipating uh-huh. the shark to show up. And he does You know it's coming. You know it's coming. And then when it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And so then when it does finally happen, you get that payoff as they're fighting him at the end and everything. It's just amazing. Well, you're on the you're on the beach and the guy starts looking for his dog. Yes. <laughs> Bobo. <laughs> and you're just like, oh no. Bobo's gone. <laughs> and I want you I think that's a huge part of the film is that when he had they they were forced to make that decision to not right. have the monster there. And recently, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie A Quiet Place. Yes. When I was watching that film and with the music that they used and with the fact that you don't see these monsters really until the end, mm-hmm. the whole time I was thinking like, this is basically Jaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This and they do it in Cloverfield as well, where yep. they have that very specific music that you know that there is something not right, but you don't, you say maybe outlines of what is there, but you don't necessarily see what's there. And it's all Jaws mm-hmm. of not yeah. seeing the monster. And I think they do a little bit in signs as well. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. To lesser success, but. I like that movie, so whatevs. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's fair. I'm not a Shyamalan fan, but anyway. But 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 to me, and I love the fact because you have these kids out in the ocean and the camera, and we talked about this a little bit with Saving Private Ryan, is Spielberg puts the camera right mm-hmm. there. And yeah. so you are on you are in the water with those kids and you start hearing that music and it's like where is it? Where is it coming from? And then when it finally hits the little Kettner boy mm-hmm. and that explosion of yes. blood in the air, and it's just so horrifying. Um, it's it's just so well, so well done. I want to talk about the casting for yes. a okay. because this is in a time where all the movies that were coming out at this time, it was let's put all of the good looking people in all the movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he could have easily picked different actors for this film. And I'm not saying that, you know, Roy and Richard and whatever aren't good looking, but they're, they're not they're like not, the yeah. typical that A-list Hollywood yeah, guy. When you say, okay, we're going to be focusing on two very important characters and this is who it's going to be. And I'm going to pick this little short Richard Dreyfus guy who has the anxiety of like a gnat <laughs> that mm-hmm. makes you like, he just gives his character and he does it so well. Mm-hmm. You almost want the shark to eat him at some point because <laughs> He's got that personality and he does it. And Richard Dreyfus was hot at the time, like just like not as in like good looking or whatever. He is a good looking Mm -hmm. man in a different way. But like as far as he's was in all of these movies and he I mean, and after this movie, he was in a ton more. But he picks Richard Dreyfus and he picks Roy and Roy had not been in anything for a while. Right. um, And for this film. And he's one of those actors that. And he does it a few times in the movie where he just does a shot with him not saying anything because he has that face and he has that demeanor Mm -hmm. that you know that the wheels are churning Mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. And not many actors can do that where you don't need to say anything, but you know that something is going on. When he's a perfect foil for the captain. Yeah. I mean, those I mean two you just have to have two kind of quirky looking guys that, other. okay, this yeah. is what they do for a living. They're going to be a little off. <laughs> right. You have right? to see in hunt sharks or study sharks. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I don't know that I could picture uh, anybody else in those, in those roles. So and that's always hard when done. it's a, 
such an iconic movie, it's hard to picture somebody else doing it. But I do think that that is an interesting choice um, in the actors that they picked. And it worked out perfectly. Great chemistry. I'm just looking at like IMDb right now. And it says in 1983, there was a Jaws 3D. Oh, yes. Ew. It's it's awful. It is yeah. such ew. a product of is the all 80s. all I have to say is ew. We, The only good Jaws was the first one. Right. Jaws 2 was mediocre. Mm-hmm. Not awful, but not good. 3 is terrible, but still watchable because I think it's kind of a cool concept. The execution is bad. Having this amusement park where these things, it's kind of Jurassic Park before Jurassic Park. Um, and then uh, Jaws 4, where they go to the Bahamas and the and the shark chases them because it has a vendetta against the family. Whew, that's a that's a stinker. <laughs> well, and I think. OK, Sharknado or Jaws 3D? Oh, my gosh. Which one would you rather? Probably Sharknado. I, I, I think I think Sharknado only because Sharknado knows what it is, and I don't know. Louis Gossett Jr. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge 3D movie person. And this right. was one of those where it's like it's right in your face. Yeah. I think I remember the commercials for that. And that so they have don't they have like in Back to the Future they yep. have a Jaws yep. like 3D thing uh-huh. coming out right. of the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to eating your, your, your ducks own. down. Yeah. So, but I think where the series kind of um, if you'll pardon it jumps the shark ah. is when it moves from being a suspense movie yep. to making the shark a monster. And it tries to almost become a horror type yeah. series mm-hmm. instead of the suspense, because what makes it work is it's not jaws was just a big shark, nothing supernatural or, or yeah, it wasn't Megalodon. Right. right. It was, right. it was just a big shark doing what big sharks do and probably brought to an extreme for, for purposes of the movie. But, um, but it was just suspenseful and it felt real. It felt realistic. And then as it becomes more of a, of a horror genre, it it doesn't feel that way as much anymore. Well, Oh, go ahead. You were going to say, I was just going to say an unpopular opinion. This is one of like my least favorite, um, Spielberg movies, really? by the way. Really? Yeah, it is. Interesting. I this re- is one of my top I, Spielberg movies. No, I respect the film for what it has done and what it is and how it was created and like all of these things. I love when I hear stories because filmmaking is hard. Oh, yeah. And it's – there are so many movies that do not get made that are supposed to get made. There are so many movies that you would be surprised that have like top actors in it that are shelved after they're mm-hmm. made that don't get seen. Like we only see maybe 25% to 35% of the movies that are made. Yeah. Right. And so for this to hear this, like they went so over budget, their past time, they, they didn't get to show the shark as much as they wanted to. So it was a genius move, but totally forced. So I love, and I respect all of this, but I, this is not my, my favorite Steve Spielberg movie, not even close to, it's not even my top 10. Mm. So, but I respect it as a filmmaker. I respect it as, you know, a tech, a tech person. I respect it as a, as a person that fails a lot. (laughs) 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 That something that they could fail so so bad at could be such a big deal. Like I respect all of that, but, um, yeah, it's not one of my faves. Well, it's interesting because. And I love shark movies. (laughs) Well, Spielberg has said. As long as they don't involve tornadoes. He said the reason this movie got made is because he didn't know what he didn't know yeah he Mm -hmm. took risks and he did things that he would never do now he's like i would never take a boat and actually go out in the ocean miles off the coast yeah and film we would build a tank we would have control over the set but 
he's like, they had to go out several miles because he didn't want any shot of land mm-hmm. out there. He wanted you to feel like you were out in the middle of nowhere. And so they're out there on actual ocean and they have the cameras back then were big and heavy and expensive. Yeah. And so you have these shots where the there's a scene where the shark is coming and Quint um, goes to get the the gun and Hooper goes to get the, the tranquilizer and they have the shot where it's this narrow edge of the boat and you have the sneakers of of, mm-hmm. of Hopper mm-hmm. or Hooper going across and it's like half his foot is hanging off the side of the boat and the camera is right there watching this and it's like insane the stuff that they pulled off and mm-hmm. it's just it's just an incredible piece when um I love the scene when where Brody goes to call in to say that they need the bigger boat. Yeah, we and, need a bigger boat. <laughs> and that line was ad lib. That was oh, not really? the, that was not in the script. Nice. And it's then like the most iconic line comes running in with that baseball bat and just smashes the hell out. And he's like, that's just great. You know, <laughs> um, Robert Shaw was a difficult actor to get along with. Yeah. He and Richard Dreyfus had they have a very prickly relationship as characters. It's because they did not get along on that set at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, he, I mean, um, Robert Shaw was old school. Oh, right. big time. T- totally mm-hmm. old school actor. And I mean, has made probably more movies than Richard Dreyfus because he comes from the era of, Hey, let's go make a movie this right. weekend. Uh-huh. Hey, let's go make a Western. Let's go make another Western. Let's go make 50 <laughs> more Westerns. And so when you've been in old Hollywood like that, when you would get contracts for five movies for a studio, you know, and you've got this guy and then you're all on a set um, from this new director and everything's falling to crap. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can see it for sure. And Richard Dreyfus is just like, let's get it done, man. Right. Like, what are we going to do today? Oh, that's not going to work. What do you want? What else right, do you want let's me to go. do? Let's yeah, go. I'll yeah, I'll relearn so to- the next yeah, line. They're like yeah. total opposites. But I love that idea that, that the reason this succeeded is because Spielberg just didn't know any different. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this must be what it's like to make a movie. So I'm just going to go. I'm just going to do it. And how often do we paralyze ourselves because we're like, okay, I can't do this because this, this, and this isn't working out mm-hmm. or because we th- – we don't know. So we think we have to know. And instead it's just like, just go out and do it. Well, and after he makes this movie, which almost gets canned, which probably could have ruined his career. Right. He doesn't go make any movie that's easier to make than this movie. He's like, well, I mean, I made that. So now I can go, you know, throw people on the beaches of Normandy. Let's go shoot in the deserts of Utah with no water for miles. Like let's, let's go do all the things. What's the worst that could happen. (laughs) So, one thing I think is interesting, too, is uh, going back to Robert Shaw was uh, he was battling alcohol addiction mm-hmm. at the time. And the scene that they shoot, and to me, it's it's like I said earlier, it's probably the most important scene in the film is where he talks about how he was on the USS Indianapolis and they had done several takes and Spielberg was like, eh, it's it works. It's not quite what I want, but um, they they so what happened was Robert Shaw went and got drunk he got completely drunk and they shot it again and it was awful and then spielberg was like let's just call it a night and then robert shaw came back about 10 minutes later and said let's do it again and that scene is what they shot and what they took and that scene has so much depth to it and it explains quint as a character so much and it sets up so much of the rest of the back end of that film where you have the battle against the shark so that when Quint gets eaten, you feel bad for the guy when he is just screaming and the boat is sinking and the, do I? 
You don't? You don't feel bad for Quint? I do. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, I there's always a level of like, I feel bad for any other human being that's getting eaten by a shark. I mean, if I saw that in real life, even, even if I didn't know the person, I'd probably feel bad for him. In real life, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like in the movie, you're like, nah, whatever. <laughs> All right. But he's just but such I do a think cool that, character. Yeah. yeah I mean, he when is. he comes into the board and the board is all talking about they're going to offer this money and, and he, like, the city council, he puts the nails down the chalkboard oh. and he's like, for that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. You know, he's just this gruff sea guy. Yeah. I, watching that scene, like I would love to be to do something like that in a meeting sometime, just like, <laughs> like you know who I am, you know what I do. See, I feel like he, it was necessary for him to die. Yeah, like, oh, I, absolutely. Like, so that's yeah, why absolutely. Like, I don't feel so bad. Cause I was like, he was a bad a, you know, mm-hmm. like he said all that stuff. He comes in, you know, he goes out there, he's the gruff one. And I feel like that's how he needed to die. Absolutely. So I was just like, yeah, I still feel bad when it happens, yeah. but I, but I can totally <laughs> understand why that, yeah. why that occurred. Yeah. Um, you've got the everyday man in Brody. Who's just, he's yeah. just a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just a guy who's just wants to have the beaches open. And I love the the scene, too, where they're talking and he says um, you, he's talking to Hooper and Brody. The mayor is and he's talking about how why they need the beaches open. We need the money. We need all these things. And he says, you know, you say whatever the technical name is for the shark and people go or no, he says you say Barracuda and people go, what? Huh? You yell shark. You've got a situation on the you've got a. a a scary situation on the 4th of July and it's all about the business and it's Mm -hmm. all about, and, and then you have Brody who's trying to deal with that, but he also wants to keep the people safe. Plus he's paranoid of the water. Mm -hmm. He's just such a fascinating character. If you're that paranoid about the water, why do you move to an Island? It's only an Island. If you look at it from the ocean. Okay. (laughs) I get you. Yeah. But like when he's looking out the window or the, you see the ocean, like, you probably it's probably just a job. He's probably well, yeah, it's, you it's a go gig. Get paid. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just love the fact that this movie was made in 1975, mm-hmm. and there the year I are... was born. Wow, <laughs> nice. You're so old. Um, it was <laughs> it was not the year I was I born. Just, just... Hey, hey, either high five. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um. But they're like my daughter just watched it a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. be, you know, because her boyfriend's like, hey, we need to watch this movie. And you can say you can either hear the song or say something about it. And people and generations that haven't seen this movie know exactly what it is. And yeah. it puts fear mm-hmm. into them. I mean, as far as swimming pools go, mm-hmm. as, I mean, we were I just talking about we were exactly we were talking about this um, on my morning show a couple weeks ago and about the bathtub. And this lady could not get in a bathtub for weeks mm-hmm. after. She had seen the movie when she was younger, and I was just like, "Well, they're not sharks in your bathtub, but but, but standing yeah. bodies of water. That, yeah. Who knows? There's also not supposed to be sharks in the pond, <laughs> but it got in the pond. I mean, it was or in a plane or in a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, that's where the magic happens. Sharks on I a just plane. See sharks movie. on a plane. The this sequel the, that never this happened. Is this is what I want to see. Samuel Jackson do next is the mother effing sharks on the mother effing plane. Yes. <laughs> I believe, I believe it is Sharknado three. Oh no. Oh <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. There How is... many shots? Who's drunk right now? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's only two. Yeah, no, that's, that's only not. two. We've said it at least six times. Me though. 
No. Yeah. But us as a whole. Okay. Well, it's yeah. Not, the but, show's not just about you. Well, that's true. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> right. Let's but let's there is, establish who the show is about. There, yeah. <laughs> let's all be honest. Yeah, but there is a scene where they have an airplane flying through, and the shark does like take come through the the airplane and does eat somebody's head as they fly off. And in, in fact, I think Nato? it's. Yeah, I think it's yeah, Sharknado 3. It's Will Wheaton. It's the one, the oh, yeah, only that one that I've Wheaton. seen that I talked about a couple weeks ago in that it was on TV yep. and I'm scrolling through and I'm like, fine, let me see what this is about. <laughs> and the shark comes through the plane, eats Will, eats Will Wheaton and leaves. And I was like, that's all I need to see. That was probably <laughs> that was totally thing. worth it. That was the best thing all in the right. movie. And then I changed the channel. I'm going to have to go watch these movies. <laughs> I only because I, they know what they are and they're terrible, but. They're, and they have all of the fun. worst actors in oh, the yeah. world in them. Oh, absolutely. It's all Z-list actors for sure. Z. Yeah. Z. Zoner was in a Sharknado film once. <laughs> that, that was Colin. That was some good alliteration, by the way. I think Will Wheaton is a Z-list. I think Will Wheaton is we a will. B. He's, he's B. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they have like Ozzy Osbourne's daughter. Yeah. I mean. They have Ian Tara, Tara Reid. Yeah. I, yeah. Tara, you need That's your shots you to work with Tara <laughs> Reid. <laughs> but it... it it is amazing when we talk about you, you mentioned this movie was made in 1975 yeah. and that it has held up as well as it does, because this is still very, very different storytelling from what we see mm-hmm. today. There's no way this movie gets. Well, I mean, A Quiet Place is a good example of something that would be similar. But but like you mentioned before, yeah. but I don't think this movie gets this made the same way today. Dread. Oh, yeah. totally. And the, the pacing is so different oh yeah from what we see in movies today and and going back to the to the music and the genius of john williams there is this the scene where they're chasing the shark and it gives you hope you know they've got two barrels in it and then they get three barrels in and it can't go down with three and they're chasing after it wrong and the music is just this chase music it's this and you're going yes yes and then the shark goes under the water and the music just kind of slowly fades out as the barrel disappears. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to a scene and it's night. So you know that this is ha- this has been it's been under for a long mm-hmm. time. And then you the barrel pops up and then you get the, the Jaws theme music. And it's just that brilliant use of, of music with picture and the editing. Um, to me, this is this is a master class in, in film editing. Yeah. Uh, Verna Fields. Thank you, producers honor for pulling that up. Verna Fields, his editor, um, just absolutely brilliant. I think this, in this movie film. is a masterclass in filmmaking. Oh, like completely. they learned everyone on this set. Um, if they didn't end up dying or killing someone because of just the ridiculousness of if you've ever been on a film set before, you know, everything goes wrong. Organized chaos. Um, yeah. And that's why I love it so much. Like it's you have a plan and then the plan's like, no. <laughs> um, but this is like you learn every mistake on this film. And that's why I respect it so much, because every single person that worked on this film left this project being a better filmmaker, whether they planned on it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And and. To the way he builds this shark and it is this invincible, inevitable thing. And then when they finally make the rifle shot with the barrel uh, of, or the compressed air and the shark blows up, I mean, Brody's scream of sheer excitement and joy. Everybody in the audience feels that way, too. It's an expression of the eye like, oh, my God, they finally beat this inevitable monster of nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's true. It's not just a shark. It's a, it's a metaphor. It's a, yeah. Yeah. 
it, it's true, but the explosion really isn't that impressive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look that great. And just like the shark doesn't look that great. So the fact that you feel that way yes. and you feel the dread and the terror of the shark, it's just amazing to and, me. And you forget Hooper's still under there. You forget Hooper's down at the bottom of the ocean yeah. until he pops up and you're like, oh my God, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. But it is this this dread. It is yeah. this horror is of this Is he like thing. the Jason Statham of that time? Because <laughs> like, I love The Meg and I know everybody's uh-huh. going to be like, boo, that's a horrible movie. <laughs> oh, it was. Um, it's we put up with him like in Sharknado, so I'm not, we're not going to judge you for liking um, The Meg. But I love, like, there's this part. <laughs> that's in, fair. There's this part in The Meg where Jason Statham, like, he just that they can't kill the megalodon right right right. and so he go he just jumps in the water and he (laughs) takes his knife his knife and he like he comes up out of the water riding the megalodon and like stabs him in the eye and then goes back down and then later on he pops back up and you're like oh hey hey Hey, jason statham what's going on buddy did you kill that shark so hooper's like that except he more like Gets out of the cage and then runs away like a scared little puppy and like hides behind. So I would like too. Yeah. Well, I would oh, too for man. sure. But like yeah, he like pops up after the shark explodes. The, yeah. He's like, oh, everything's oh, cool now. Cool. All right, cool. We'll go back to well, I'm going to go write some papers about this and like <laughs> go back to my rich family. But I love, I love the fact that it is just these three guys on the boat in the middle of nowhere facing this inevitable terror. And you really get to know these characters like you really there is so much character work on these guys. All three of them are very distinct. You know who these guys are. You know what makes them tick. You know what they're afraid of. And they all play so perfectly off of each other. You've got Quint, who's this crazy man. You've got Hooper, who's the scientist. You have Brody is just the regular man who's just trying to hold everything together and give back to his family. And to me, that dynamic, that triangle of character is just such a brilliant way of, of setting up that film. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the terror of the shark as a fourth character over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the interaction of the three of them. I love when uh, the coast guard calls in and Quint gets the call and it's his wife and he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Everything's fine. We've well, got a big fish on the line. Yeah. We've got to be back before dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, bye. Yep. Cause he knew that like, that's what Brody needed is to not be talking to his wife right oh, then yeah. and everything. But it was just funny. Yeah, everything's well, fine. He, it's, it's, he's like Captain Ahab. He's obsessed with getting the shark and nothing is going to stop him from having somebody else take it. This is his, this is his character that, or this is his quest is to defeat this thing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. It ends up being Brody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love it when, when they first get him on the line too. And he's like all just quietly like, putting the straps on yes. and like the, the, yes. the suspense that's built as he's doing everything the so sound. quietly. And, and then the line just starts mm-hmm. ticking slowly. Tick, tick as it gets slowly drawn out. Yes. Yes. And then he's like, Cooper, get behind me. <laughs> yeah. very- it's like, why? <laughs> yeah, like I, nobody knows what he's doing. I definitely feel like if you were to take the sound and the score away from this film, it wouldn't hold. Yeah, I agree. Um, Absolutely. Because what they did with the sound editing and the score, I mean, it was everything. Oh, yeah. But just like I said, the little ticks of the line. And then all of a sudden it's like, he's like, she's going to run. And then the line just goes crazy. Um, Just so, so good. Um, The scene where Brody is is chumming the water 
Mm-hmm. And then the shark pops up and you get that close up <laughs> of his face and he's like, just the cigarette is dangling. Yeah. But it's right after he's like, oh, okay, you come down and shovel some of this shit. And then all of a sudden <laughs> the shark pops up and you're like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. 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 And again, the There's shark so many lines. looks awful. But anyway. Such a quotable movie though. Yeah, very yeah. quotable. So many quotes of this thing. I forgot that that's where Bad Hat Harry comes from. <laughs> some Bad Hat Harry. Yep. Yep. And the got to get a bigger boat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of course, is a classic. Um, I, other favorite lines? Um, oh, man, there's just there's so many. Um, are we going to close down the beaches? That one, that lady always just struck me. Mm-hmm. And I love the line about I'm not going to sit here and do a half ass autopsy on some shark and have the little Kittner boy go yes. spilling out all over the dock. <laughs> yep, that's a good one. The the mayor is a great character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like not a great character in the like you like him, but he's a great character in, in the way that he's portrayed. And, mm-hmm. and they do such a great job because he is all about like we've got to keep everybody calm. We've mm-hmm. got to keep the money flowing in because really – a small town like that, they rely on yeah. those vacation oh, those coastal dollars ones for sure. Absolutely. And so he knows they've got to have it open on the 4th of July. And I just love when he's walking through the beach and he stops by the old guy and he's like, why aren't you in the water? Yep. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, duh, why would you like, <laughs> we know why he's on. And, and when they, that couple gets up and they like grab the kids and they walk slowly, slowly out, like, out there. And then yeah, you're like, they're going to get eaten. They're going to be eaten. Mm-hmm. The other scene that I love, too, with the mayor is when they have the vandalism on the sign mm-hmm. and Hooper's talking to him. He's like, you see that? That's proportionally accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but then he responds by like, yeah, and you need to get that vandalism taken care yeah. of. Like, we need to catch the kids who did this. Like, total change of subject. Yeah. Like, people are going to die. Like, this is but the real problem, the problem right here. Yeah, because that's going to hurt our It's going to cause a dollars. panic and people are going <laughs> to... Yeah, because yep. the shark alone isn't going to cause that. <laughs> but I love the the Brody's character when um, the the Mrs. Kittner, who just lost her son. Yeah. Oh. And they catch the tiger shark oh. and she comes over and just slaps him across the face <sighs> and blames him for all of it because she said, I found out you knew hmm. that this was going on. And you watch the whole story leading up to it. And he did know what was going on. And yeah. the first thing he wanted to do was close the beaches yeah. down. And, and it was the mayor and the, the city fathers that, that didn't let him do it. Right. But he doesn't turn, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't say yeah, any of that to her. No. Yeah. He Cause he knows it. that's not going to fix anything. Yeah. Right. And he did allow it to happen. I mean, he did allow those beaches to be open and he's excited when they catch that shark. Like he's the one he helping get the press yeah. in. He's like, okay, we did this. This is great. And she's this stark reminder of, no, there was a child that died because of what you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, there's a scene in um, Civil, no, Infinity War mm-hmm. when, um, and it reminds me of that scene every time when uh, Tony Stark gets off the stage and the mom. Yes. Comes yes. up and is it Infinity War? It's Civil War. Civil, Civil War. War. And she walks up. See, I, I thought it was the after War. Civil War. And she said, you know, like, yeah, you caught your bad guys and you saved all these people, but my son's dead. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's oh, what happens when there's repercussions. He, yeah, her son is the one that he pulls yeah. up when he's arguing yep. with Cap about, see this? This yep. is who yep. died in Sokovia and everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yep. yep. Yep, it's very reminiscent of that that scene. Absolutely. And she's so good in that role. Oh, my gosh, yeah. She is just this woman in so much pain and turmoil, but she is making her her feelings known. 
Don't mess with moms, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As we, we record this the day before Mother's Day, and that's a good, like, don't mess with moms. Don't mess with moms. It's so true. <laughs> so true. We'll smack you, man. <laughs> yeah, at, at, like, at least. <laughs> All right, so All right. should we grade this movie? Yeah, let's give it a grade. I get solid A for me. I, this is one that if it is on... If it's a Saturday afternoon and I'm scrolling through the channels looking for something to watch and Jaws is on, doesn't matter where it is in the movie, I'm watching it to the end. This is one that I could watch over and over. Absolutely solid, solid A for me. I'm going to get in trouble. No, you're good. Um, You're fine. I'm giving this movie a B because of the respect of the movie. I respect so many things about this film, but if I never watched this film again, I would be fine. See, I was afraid you were going to go like C, and then I would have had no, issues. B, I'm because, good with. No, the grade, grade <laughs> so I'm going to give it an F. <laughs> no, the grade, the grade is totally based on. I respect this film. Right. I respect what it's done for the industry. I respect totally how it was made, everything that came out of it, and all the shark movies that came after it because I love the shark <laughs> movies. Um, but I'm probably not going to watch this film again. Uh, like if if it's on TV, I'm going to click through. Yeah. Like I'm not going to own it. I'm not. And this is me being a huge Spielberg fan. I respect it. I give it a B for what it is, but I don't need to see this movie again. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I felt that in my stomach. Yeah, that was a, that, that one was a hard one. That was like a... I felt that in my... No, I, my, I, I, I love and respect your opinion. That's okay. I... <laughs> I would give this an A minus myself. I, I think it's a really great movie. I think it holds up when it really shouldn't hold up. There are so many reasons why this movie should look dated and old and not be as good as it, as it is today. Uh, but it is still really good. I do enjoy watching it. Um, I don't know that it's one that I would just pop on just to watch for fun. But you have to respect, like you said, yeah. now, what this movie has meant for Steven Spielberg and so many people that were involved in it and what it did to the industry afterward. I think Mm -hmm. the fact that it was the first summer blockbuster and created this whole idea of spending your summers inside watching movies, Mm -hmm. um, which was a huge part of what it was for me growing up. And so I think all of that, I would give it an A minus. Cool. Sweet. Pretty good. Well, that's the end of Spielberg month. Spielberg month. That yeah. was fun. That was fun. We should do this again because there are a lot of Spielberg Maybe films. Maybe next time we should talk about Spielberg movies that don't require killing a lot of people. <laughs> because other than E.T., a lot of people died this month in Spielberg movies. <laughs> Saving yeah. Private Ryan, Schindler's, Schindler's List, but... and Jaws. A lot of people had to die to, for our podcast to be, to be what fair, it was. To be fair... To to Spielberg, most of that's not his fault. A lot of that I would have to blame on Hitler. Right. Well, I always the vast majority. Any, anytime I can blame Hitler, yeah, I do. absolutely, hundred well, percent. Like next time we have a Spielberg yeah. month, maybe we should go with like the more non-killing movies. We're not mass amounts of people have to die. Just a few. Okay. Because I don't think he has movies where nobody dies. I think no. someone dies in every movie. That's probably yeah. but, true. But just mass amounts of people. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we should we could do that. Okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I don't think we planned that. It's not like we sat down. So, Let's find the movies where a lot of people and die. Just throw ET in there for and fun. And ET will just throw. Well, in we for gotta fun. have a little bit of a palate cleanser. Yeah. yeah. So. Um. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, if you. If you wouldn't mind, if you like the show, subscribe. We are on uh, Apple, Google, everywhere where you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, wherever you get your fix. You can 
subscribe to our show, give us ratings, reviews. That helps other people find it. And we like to get the feedback anyway. Absolutely. Um, you can find us on social media, Facebook, uh, Movies That Make Us, uh, Instagram, Movies That Make Us, and then Twitter is Movies Make Us because Twitter is a little different. Um, and then feedback at podcasts at movies that make us.com. And if you want us to cover a movie that you either love or hate because you want to see our take on it or hear our take on it, go ahead and let us know. We'd love to hear that. Well, in fact, we have an episode coming up on the Sandlot. That was mm-hmm. a viewer request. So yeah. And we're making kind of a special deal about that, that we'll be able to tell you about pretty soon. Hopefully. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I think I can say this part of it is that if you are a fan, you could actually come and be a part of our live podcast audience for that only, one. For only the second time. We did yep. that at Fan X, mm-hmm. and now we'll do it as a special event for the Sandlot. Mm-hmm. And and you'll want to follow us on social media because we will have some things coming up where you can come and yes, see us and visit us. Yeah, and sure. so as that gets and finalized, prizes. yeah, we'll we bribe will, you. Yeah, we, want. <laughs> we are not against bribery. Absolutely not. We just want you to listen. You don't even have to like us, man. Yeah, like if anyway, we prefer that you like us. But listening is good. Yeah, yes, listening yes. is is a good is a good step. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, and uh, we won't see you at the movies. I'm like waiting to see how far it'll go. <laughs> I was okay until I saw Zoner starting to crack up, and then I then I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs>